Next, on the OHIO podcast, we talk about Ryan Day relinquishing play calling duties, and the portal giveth, and the portal taketh away. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Welcome to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Buckeye Boggs, and I am joined tonight by my co-host, Aaron Brown. Say hi, Aaron Brown. What's up? And down to my left there is Chris Wilds, the wild man himself. How's it going this evening, Chris? Great, great, uh, great to be here live, Eric. Video, loving it. Live and on video. And we are so uh, thankful to be here, guys, and on this great, wild, crazy journey uh, that it has been. We started on just audio four years ago. Here we are uh, live and in person for you guys here on YouTube. And we do have some things we need to talk about tonight, although this thing is, as you're watching it, is not live. The live show that you can take part in will be this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. That's 7 if you live in Texas, right, Aaron? Facts. And 5 o'clock if you live in uh, California. So there you have it. Uh, we, we invite you to come and be a part of that. It's really easy. All you have to do, make sure you like and subscribe to this channel. Hit that bell. You'll be reminded of the live show that's going to be coming your way Sunday night. It'll be a live show every Sunday evening. That is the plan at this at this moment here for the OHIO podcast. And uh, if you want to, you can go to our Facebook page. There you can take part in the live show on Facebook as well. But we want you to go ahead, like, and subscribe to this channel. We want at least 50 likes on our first uh, show here uh, tonight. And we want at least by the end of January, 100 subscribers to our YouTube channel. That's our goal here to get started. So 50 likes on this. So please go ahead, hit the thumbs up already. Make sure you subscribe and then share it with your buddies and friends so that we can have 100 subscribers by uh, the end of January. All right, guys, let's get right into it tonight. Ryan Day uh, apparently let it slip to one Kirk Herbstreet that he is contemplating not calling the plays in the future for Ohio State. Given the play calling that we saw in the Peach Bowl against Georgia, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. 
The dude was on fire with his play calling. I'll start with you first, Aaron. What do you think of the idea of Ryan Day stepping aside as the play caller and giving those duties to somebody else? Honestly, if he could if he could call every game the way that he called the Peach Bowl, I don't know why he would do it outside of maybe stress. But, I mean, I can't think of anybody that's, you know, made this offense the way it has since he's been here. I mean, think of all the records we've broken. Think of all the great offense we have seen. I mean, he's just transformed this thing. I thought Urban Meyer changed the game up. But when Ryan Day came along, it really took another step in my opinion. Recruiting didn't really drop off, in my opinion. So far, it kind of feels like it has at this point in time, but with what he's pulled in here, he has really done something special. So you're, it sounds like to me, you're, 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 oh, you're kind of weary on him uh, giving those reins to somebody else, yes? Correct, yeah. I would like to see him keep those play-calling duties, but I also understand that he is the head coach and perhaps feels he needs to spend a little more time helping out on the defensive side. Chris, what are your thoughts, buddy? You know, I do think he called a good game for the most part in the Peach Bowl, but I still saw what I thought was a little too conservative at the end. Um, You know, I, I don't... This is the way I look at it. Yes, I do think... Aaron's right. He has transformed this offense. He really has. But at the same time, during that period, how many national titles has it brought home? Maybe he needs to focus more on the, the running the team. Maybe relinquish that to, say, a protege who he's going to be grooming you know, to someday take over. Maybe one uh, Brian Hartline, for instance. Uh, let him start uh, getting his feet wet, uh, you know, calling those plays. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of it comes down, Eric, to who exactly it is that he gives this, uh, this uh, task to. Um, you know, obviously we want somebody who's going to keep that high, you know, high impact, high energy offense going. Um, but I do think that Ryan Day has bigger fish to fry in just becoming an actual true head coach as opposed to an offensive coordinator with a fancy title. So as head coach, it seems like a lot of college guys, um, they play more of the managerial side of things as opposed to being a play caller. Obviously, they'll spend more time in the side of, on the side of the ball that uh, they came up as a coordinator on. For mm-hmm. Ryan Day, that's the offense, obviously. I, I'm kind of with you guys. I, I don't know that him relinquishing those play calling duties is good for Ohio State. It's probably good for Brian Hartline, but I'm not so sure he's ready to call plays, to be quite honest with you. Uh, He's never really done it before. Um, Is Ohio State the kind of school where you can learn to call plays at? I mean, by the time you get to Ohio State, shouldn't you be someone who's calling plays already, Chris? You know what? We're letting a head coach learn how to be a head coach. Why can't we let an offensive coordinator learn how to be an offensive coordinator? Well, are, are we sure that it's going to Brian Hartline? Right. Come on. Seriously? Is, is, you even think that's a matter of debate? I mean, come on. This guy is the best assistant coach in the country as far as recruiting goes specifically, um, and the best position coach in the country, I think, by far. You know, yeah, it, it's going to him because, if for no other reason, 
you can't afford to lose him. And yeah, I think it was already predetermined it was going to him, or else right now he would be the next head coach at the University of Cincinnati. What about Justin Fry? Doesn't he have call, uh, play calling uh, experience over at UCLA before he even came to Ohio State? That may be. But you know what? I don't think that he's the heir apparent, do you? Um, I think it depends on who Ryan Day's comfortable with. If if he's not going to call plays, he's he's going to want somebody who is is his uh, the most person who's going to call a game as most closely as to what he did. Okay, um, mm-hmm. and hopefully that person. And see, here's the thing: hopefully that person can remove emotion from things and call a clean game without without the the distraction of all the other things that are, are going on around the game, which is why usually the offensive coordinator is up in the booth, right, Aaron? They take the emotion of the sideline out of it. They can see the field like it's a chessboard. Um, they're able to read those defenses and see what those defenses are doing. See, that's something that as much as you might not want to admit, Chris, that was something Kevin Wilson did for him, and he did for him very well. And I think losing Kevin Wilson – and putting someone else up there is is one of the reasons why I believe Ryan Day is thinking, I can't do this if I don't have someone in the box who has the same set of eyes and understanding and reading a defense and then expressing that to me verbally like Kevin Wilson could. And he's not going to put himself in the box to be the head coach just to call plays. So he's got to almost relinquish this a little bit and quite frankly, as an Ohio State fan, that makes me a little nervous. Aaron. Uh, you're not wrong. You know, and another point is <clears throat> Coach Fry has experience with Chip Kelly, who Ryan Day learned under. Right. So there may be something there. You know, he's an offensive line coach. Uh, I mean, it's I, – I could see it going either way, to be perfectly honest with you, Hartline or Coach Fry. Um, I certainly understand – uh, wanting Brian Hartline to be that guy, but Eric, you're right. The point of being up in in the booth is having eyes in the sky. Uh, like when I coached at Olentangy, uh, one of my responsibilities was watching on the defensive side of the ball. So I wasn't just a secondary coach. I was also up in the booth during the games, and I was watching what the offense did. And I would relay that to the defensive coordinator and help them out like that. So it's the same idea, just on the offensive side. So the question is, is if Ryan Day is definitely going to make this move, what is he going to be most comfortable with? Um, That's why I kind of feel Justin Fry has a little bit of a leg up in this. But I get what you're saying, Chris. There is definitely a thought out there that the whole reason why Brian Hartline is here and not the head coach over uh, down I-71 in Cincinnati is because they foresaw this coming and this was promised to him to keep him here. My question to you personally, Chris, Mm -hmm. is is that worth it in your mind? Yes. Simply because of recruiting? Well, I think recruiting, but I also think that he has – you know, he, he's got the NFL experience. He's got the playing experience. He, he to me, has a great offensive mind for the game mm-hmm. that I think we are going to see really flourish. And I do believe 
that if if Ryan Day really takes and entrusts this to him and embraces him with this, I think that they can absolutely be on the same page, and he may even end up being better than Ryan Day. Wow. Like some, sometimes, sometimes the student surpasses the teacher. Yeah, that's true. This, this is true. This is true. <clears throat> How much of your feelings about this, Chris, are due to the fact that the second part of the season up into the Peach Bowl, Ryan Day puckered as an offensive uh, play caller? A lot of it. Because I'll tell you, and, and I've talked about it the last few weeks uh, on the podcast, Eric, I really feel that he has failed at, at times to obviously, I think, win the big games. But not only that, he, as you said, the last half of the season, there were a lot of times where he has just way been way too conservative. I don't know whether, and I don't want to say his head wasn't in the game, but you know what? Maybe his head wasn't completely in the game. Maybe he was worried about something, you know, something elsewhere on the team. And that's where he needs to be able to step away from that play calling so he can handle those other aspects if something else happens on, you know, the defensive side of the ball or something's going on in the running back room, you know, where we've got, an, a, you know, a mash unit in the running back room. You know, he needs to be able to focus on that and not worry just strictly about the play calling. Great, great transition, Chris, to the defensive side of the ball because I think this decision has a lot to do with that. I absolutely do. For two seasons at straight now, we are going into an off season where the biggest question mark is has been how this defense has given up big plays in big games, specifically to that team up north. And Kerry uh, Combs took the blame for that and was let go uh, after the 2021 season. That is why Jim Knowles was paid $2 million to come into this uh, team to fix these issues. And that didn't happen against that team up north, and it didn't happen against Georgia. And I think Ryan Day knows I no longer can avoid that side of the ball like I have been. Not that he's been avoiding it, but let's be honest. I think he's been spending at least 60 to 75% of his time on the offensive side. Aaron, as a head coach, specifically an offensive-minded head coach, how do you believe Ryan Day is going to approach the defense this offseason and going into 2023 with the idea that he no longer has to spend as much time on the offensive game plan because he's no longer calling those plays? Well, first of all, as a head coach, I'm, I'm quite sure he knows what the weaknesses are on both sides of the ball. Okay, so... It's not like we're the only ones with the big secret that the secondary needs work, you know, or that we're having issues at linebacker or, or what have you. But it's mainly, I think, the secondary. I think we can all agree on that. Sure. So secondly, <clears throat> as an offensive-minded head coach, what he can do is challenge his defensive staff. Okay, I don't. there's not too many coaches in college football right now with the mind that Ryan Day has towards offensive play calling. Okay, when he's aggressive, specifically. So he can challenge his, coach, his defensive coaching staff uh, in ways that they would probably perhaps get uh, on game day. He can throw things at them and say, hey, what would you do to stop this? What would your personnel look like? 
Um, you know, he can do different things like that and have them think about it and have them set up ways to prevent certain scenarios. Um, it's, it's really all about the experience and the coaching. And as an offensive-minded head coach, that's how he can contribute to the defensive side of the ball, not just trying to coach them up over top of like Perry Aliano or Jim Knowles. He's just going to give them ideas. And don't get me wrong, he's going to be hands-on. It's not like he doesn't know defensive positions. He has to to be able to design the play calls that he does. So that's how he can contribute as an offensive-minded head coach. Do you not also think, though, that this is the perfect time to make this move if you're going to do it? Let's look at this. I mean, next year, you know, Michigan's back-to-back returning Big Ten champ. You've got a Penn State team that we all three think is going to be a great team next year. Yep. You're going to have a new quarterback coming into Columbus, so expectations may be tempered somewhat at this time. This may be the time to make this transition uh, because this season, while as Ohio State fans, we know how we are, we're going to have high expectations. Mm. But maybe those expectations aren't quite as high, given the fact that CJ is gone, uh, you know, obviously we didn't see JSN this year, but JSN is gone. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of transitions. I think we're going to see other players declare for the draft. We've already seen some players enter the portal. Um, this may be the type of season when making a move like this might be exactly the thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you're not wrong, man. You're not wrong at all. This, I mean, yeah, the expectations would about have to be tempered. I mean, because we don't, we don't know what Kyle McCord's going to do. You know what I mean? We or don't. Brown. Yeah, we don't even know if Travion's coming back. Right. So at, at this point, so we don't really know what we've got. Um, we have J.K. Johnson. Little foreshadowing, folks. He's, you know, he's transferring out. He announced that we have another guy coming in. How does that? You know, Tanner McAllister's going to be gone. Uh, th- there's a lot of dynamic here, which so. will impact that defense. Yes. Yes, and I agree with you, Chris. I think if, if there's a time to do something like this, it's now. Hmm. Well, that's a, that's, this is definitely going to be a topic that we're going to have to cover more uh, in the offseason, especially as more news comes out. You mentioned it. We don't know if Travion Henderson is coming back next year, but we do know of one running back as of today who is coming back. And uh, Here after a few seconds after we play our commercial, we're going to talk about that running back. So make sure you hang around for that. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, so Travion, we don't know. Hopefully, we're crossing our fingers. Hopefully, Evan Pryor comes back and he's healthy. Uh, hopefully, Dallin Hayden comes back to the team and doesn't uh, head back to the state of Tennessee. We'll see about that. But Chop Williams, Mayan Williams, is going to be back next year, and I can't be more excited about that. Chris, how does the news of hearing that Mayan Williams is going to be returning for his fourth season on campus, I think he'll be a redshirt junior next year, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, how does that news either change your uh, expectations for next season, especially in the running game, or what's your thought process on that? 
it doesn't change my expectations. You know, we talked about this on Sunday, Eric, last Sunday. Uh, I expected Mayan Williams to come back. I knew he wasn't going to go out like that. Uh, this guy is a competitor. Uh, he, he's a he's a beast. Uh, I look for him to come in and pick up where we saw him leave off, not this year, but last year. Um, this injury-riddled season, uh, he's not going to be happy with the way that went. And I think he's going to be more focused and more determined. And if Travion does come back, he's going to push him hard for that 1A spot. He really is. Um, you know, we all love the way this kid runs. He is just a physical, uh, you know, I, I know you like to use the term violent runner uh, that, you know, I think is going to be a key to an offense when it's being led by a new quarterback next season. Aaron, your thoughts on Chop Williams coming back? Makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. There's really <laughs> <laughs> not much left to say about it. I think Chris covered it about as well as you can. I, you know, I, I don't expect any drop off in his game. I hope he stays healthy all of next season, of course. Um, I expect that violent running style that we've gotten used to with him. Uh, and I think he's going to be, uh, regardless of whether it's Devin Brown or Kyle McCord, I think that Mayan Williams coming back is going to be a big part of the offense, and he's going to be crucial in helping those quarterbacks get comfortable in this offense. Yeah, I saw a comment on social media today. Uh, I think it was on our Facebook page when we reported the story. Someone said, doesn't matter because he won't get the ball anyways, meaning Ryan Day doesn't run the ball enough. First off, that's that's a misdemeanor, or, or not a misdemeanor, but the, a misnomer. Go back and you look at the stats. We tried to run the ball too much in the second half of the season, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, that being said, you're right, Aaron. We're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. As far as we know, we still haven't heard from CJ, but I'm – 99.9% sure he's going to the NFL. Yeah. Um, we're going to need some solid running backs. And here's the other thing. We don't know how many offensive linemen we're returning. Yeah. We no, might have four new starting offensive linemen, depending on what Luke Whipler decides to do. And that one scares me. Yeah. That one, yeah. Yep. No kidding. Especially right? after the way he handled Carter in uh... – that, that peach bowl game having an experienced center with a new quarterback that's huge but Priceless. both positions are new might so, be a little <laughs> my point being with that is having a runner runner that can make something out of nothing is going to be important maybe oh it absolutely um, is so we have that we don't we still don't know what we're going to get from the tight end position kate stover hasn't made his decision yet nor has tommy eichenberg made his Rumors were that both those guys were trending on coming back, but then after the bowl game, maybe there's a little bit of a change of heart. I don't know. You're hearing hearing both ways with those two guys, but having a, a tight end who can block is going to be really, really important. We know Mitch Rossi has no more eligibility left, so he won't be back, and he was basically a, a glorified fullback for us. So I think this was big, big news to have Mayan Williams come back on this team. Um who's not coming back because he decided to jump in the portal is one J.K. Johnson, Aaron. And he's play, He's from that backfield that uh, you, you used to coach, man. What did you see from this guy, and why do you think he's jumping in the portal? I'll be honest. I It could be playing time, you know, because let, let's be honest, man. Denzel Burke, he hasn't really looked the same this season. No, not this know? year he didn't. When he came on the scene – 
I thought he was the next Okuda. He did that well, in my opinion, as a freshman. Um, J.K. Johnson, you know, I, apparently they're higher on Burke, and they didn't feel like they should give J.K. a chance. So, uh, you know, he looks like he's going to try to go somewhere he can play. But as far as what I saw, you know, it, I kind of understand it, but at the same time I don't. Because, like, when he did play, it felt like he was... Uh, he wasn't as bad as Bryson Shaw, okay? I don't think anybody on earth could be as bad as Bryson Shaw. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So By the by the way, if you watch the end of that USC Tulsa uh, a Tulane game, yeah. Bryson Shaw made an appearance. Yeah. He did. He sure did. You know, he showed up for like five plays in that game the way he showed up for one against uh, that team up north last season for us. But <laughs> Seems to be what he does. Last game of the season. Oh, we better show up this week. I don't know. Whatever. But Jake, back to J.K. Johnson, all right? Um, we can dedicate a whole other show to Bryson Shaw. <laughs> and, tough yeah. and tough Borland. All right? Ooh, watch it now. Ooh. One can't cover and the other can't run. Whatever. Uh, but J.K. Johnson, you know, just when he was out there, felt like he was kind of out of position at times, you know, Um so I don't know if that's just him not responding to the coaching, if he's not working hard enough. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't know. It's It would be much easier to answer that question if I was at practice because a lot of times what happens at practice is, is is usually the answer. You know, they say you 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 play how you practice. Sure. That might be the issue here. Maybe he was encouraged. They may be going after, uh, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this name because, well, hashtag uncultured swine, but Jahad Carter? Is it Jahad Carter. Yeah. Uh, not only did they go after him. They got him. They got, got him. But he's got, got a teammate that plays corner at Syracuse. Yes. And I like how that kid plays. So I don't know if there's something there. Or maybe somewhere else. Do you think if we get both those guys from the portal, maybe we're trading like one of our uh, million kickers on our team over to Syracuse? Maybe they, they need, need one. To. I don't know. They need to. Why do we need 18 kickers? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, Chris, your thoughts on J.K. Johnson, man. Is this a big miss? I mean, here's the thing. When Cam Brown went down for a few games with injuries, it was J.K. that was getting the playing time. And I kind of had him penciled in as getting that first crack. Uh, at Cam Brown's position in 2023, and here he's gone. Yeah, yeah, and maybe that tells you something. Maybe he knows something we don't. Um, I, I really kind of feel like, uh, you know, I see what you're talking about, Aaron, because he did he did actually have quite a bit of playing time this year, uh, you know, filling in when these guys were down. But like Aaron, I saw a lot of plays where he was out of position, a few plays where he was just beaten badly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and obviously we've talked about the dysfunction in this defensive backfield for the last few years. You know, it's hard to be heartbroken about anybody leaving in this backfield with the exception of maybe, you know, a couple of these young guys like Sonny Styles who we haven't really got to see on the field yet. Um, the, the guys who have gotten on the field the last couple of years in the defensive backfield just haven't gotten the job done. So I, yeah, you know, I... He has a lot of talent, but may have a lot of talent, but I didn't see it translate well on the field, so it doesn't break my heart. Well, the poor, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. That was the taketh away. The the getteth is Jihad Carter, and 
Uh, Aaron, you brought him up, man. What do you think of this cat? He's got at least two years of eligibility left. He plays well enough. He'll probably skedaddle to the NFL. I think that's probably why he's at Ohio State now, um, to get a better look than what he was getting up there in upstate New York and Sy- with Syracuse. So he jumps, uh, jumps over on uh, I-80, comes over from New York, a little split there through Pennsylvania past Erie, PA. Down from Cleveland he comes. And now we've got a new safety. I'm guessing he's probably going to take that nickel safety spot, kind of put him in the slot there a little bit. Seems like that maybe is what he's more tailored to. Yeah, I mean, you're, I'm, I'm excited about it, okay? Because this is a guy that is coming in with playing experience. He wasn't just on the team and practiced in the ACC at Syracuse. You know, this is a guy that stood out. This is similar to uh, when we pulled in Tanner McAllister. Yes. Even though Tanner was a little bit underwhelming at times, and then other times he was really good, you know? I don't know. Tanner led the team in interceptions, by the way. I know. I know. But that's what I mean. It's There was times, though, where he would miss out on things. Sure. You know, he wasn't the lockdown guy that I thought, that I felt like we should be getting from a guy that had played in Jim Knowles' defense for a few years, like his whole career, you know? I thought he was going to come in and kind of dominate and and really help out that secondary, and it sure didn't seem like that's what happened. So uh, maybe this guy does that. Maybe he gets that job done. I don't know, but he seems, as a player himself, I like what I see. He's a pretty solid tackler. Uh, His coverage skills are pretty solid. Uh, and I can't help but think, coming to Ohio State, you're right, Eric, I think that he is wanting to make that, that jump to the NFL, and where else, where else better would you get it than DBU, even though Ooh. we have looked that way. We've been DBPU the last few years, Eric. <laughs> facts. Those are facts. But hear me out. Maybe this guy is the springboard back into that conversation. Yeah, I'm 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 open for the possibility. That's for sure. Chris Jihad Carter, man, what you, what's your thoughts? I like him. Like Aaron said, he's he's good. He's uh, tough. He he plays physical in the run game. He's got good uh, coverage skills. Uh, you know, comes into the season or comes into Ohio State has five interceptions in his career. Uh, you know, seven passes defensed in in limited time. 2020 being his best season where he had 65 tackles. Uh, but he comes in 35 tackles each of the last two seasons. Um, three interceptions this season. You know, he's had a fumble recovery this season. So the kid is all over the field when he's out there playing. I think he's a great pickup. And I think he's going to be a, 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 you know, a step forward in that defensive backfield. Yeah, you, I was going to give the stats real quick. You just did, so I won't, uh, I won't regurgitate those. Um, I think he's definitely, I think he's no worse. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I was going to say. Gonna, and he's going to get some leadership, I think, having you know the playing time. Even though he's coming in as a transfer, this is his first year at Ohio State, I think he provides some, some leadership there as well. Well, I'll tell you what he does provide. He provides some swagger. Yeah. And if you ask me, I think there are at, at times that defensive backfield lacked that. You know, there was a, there was a cornerback that I – I just hammered on when he was here for being too much of a trash talker. Um, he played for the Raiders. Help me out here. Damon Arnett. Oh, Gary on Ar- Damon Arnett. Oh, Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett. I, I love I, Damon Arnett. 
I know yeah, you as did. A player. Damon Arnett's mother loved us, by the way. <laughs> she loved our she followed our podcast. Um well I, I, ra- I railed on him for being too much of a trash talker, but here's the deal. He backed it up his senior year. Back. And sometimes sometimes you can almost talk something into existence. You have to believe it before you can be it. You know, right? You know what I'm saying? What was that J.K. Dobbins' dad used to say? See it and go get it. And bring go, it, go, go, go get it. Come back with it. Go get it. Come back with it. Right? We need some defensive backs who see the football. Go get it and come back with it. Because they, they, don't, they don't even see it to go get it. If you, That's because they don't turn their heads, Eric. I know. I know. We're I've been saying that for years. <laughs> years. It's a little easier said than done is what I've, what I've heard from, from some of the former Buckeyes. But um, either way, it's no worse than where we were, and it could possibly be an upgrade. And so I'm all for that. And I don't think they're done in the portal in the defensive backfield. I think they're probably going to try to go get a cornerback. Um, I also know that they're going to try to get an offensive lineman. We know that already. They're going to need one, especially if we lose Luke Whipler and we have four uh, new offensive linemen. We, we're going to need an offensive lineman who's got playing experience because right now that team up north, they were going to lose a lot on the offensive line. Guess what they went and did? They went out and grabbed one or two offensive linemen with experience who were highly rated in the portal. So they're reloading slightly here. And so we need to reload on that offensive line a little bit as well. So I do not think we're done in the portal. Offensive line, uh, cornerback, is there any other position you guys think that we might be visiting the portal for? Perhaps linebacker, depending on if Eichenberg decides to go. Well, I was going to say, what do we think about tight end with – That's what I was thinking. If Stover decides to go. Well, who do, we have at, who do we have at linebacker right now that would fill in for Eichenberg? Royer would be next in line. But I didn't see it in the bowl no, game. No, I don't know about you guys. Aaron asked at linebacker, who do we oh, have? Oh, I'm sorry, linebacker. Linebacker would probably get, maybe give get me a, hours. Uh, give me a second. I'll tell you. Um, is I'll what? go over their, uh, the depth chart here real fast. Let me pull it Lee up. So we have got at linebacker. Uh, Steel <laughs> Chambers is going to be back. Yes, We'll see how C.J. Hicks comes back from his injury. Oh, yeah. um, obviously, Chip Trianum could go back there. But he's mauling over staying in the running back room, which is not interesting. Smart. Yeah. want to play, in my opinion. But Co- Cody Simon had the next a, a big amount of playing time after Steele and Tommy. So he's probably in line. And then you have Reed Carrico and Gabe Powers, uh, yeah, who they- are on the roster currently. That could give you I – don't, I don't see it. I think they're going to go with what they got because they're only playing two linebackers most of the time anyways. And if we're only losing one, I mean, now they're, the Gotioti is going to be gone. He graduated. Uh, but he didn't play hardly a lick. Yeah, I was surprised about that. And I'll tell you, I'm a little weary that we might lose a linebacker in the portal. I could see that. I don't want to throw a name. Young guys. I don't want to throw a names any names out there, but I've got the fact one. that don't do it, don't do it, <laughs> because the fact that they only played two for the majority of the yeah. season, I just can't. Some of those guys might feel like they're blocked, man. Especially yeah. if C.J. Hicks is the real deal and he comes back from that injury and he's like, I'm going to take that position and I'm going to go with it. Yep. 
There's going to be a couple guys I think who are going to hit the portal. That's that's the tough part about a four-two-five defense. Is, yes. You know uh, what? What guys are true linebackers? Which ones can play strong safety? You know what I mean? It's it's tough. I don't envy Jim Knowles's position right now. Me neither. Me neither. All right, guys. So there you have it. We wanted to jump on here tonight. <clears throat> we were actually testing out all the equipment and everything, and thought, let's just record one anyways for you guys. Uh, if you're listening to this on the audio version, do me a favor. Head over to YouTube. Look us up on YouTube, The Ohio Podcast. Go to our social media sites. Follow the links over to YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Make sure you hit that bell so you can get notifications. We want 50 likes on this video. We want 100 followers or subscribers, I guess you could say, by the end of January. That's our goals. I think we can cr just absolutely crush that given how many of you guys already listen to the audio version of our podcast. Now you got the visual version for it as well. And by the way, we're not doing away with the audio. You'll still be able to get the audio versions of these podcasts. But if you want to be a part of the live shows on Sunday nights, make sure you come to our YouTube channel and follow <laughs> us so that you can be a part of those live shows while Aaron coughs out his lung over there. Nice. Be a part of the live shows for us on Sunday nights, 8 o'clock Eastern, okay? 8 o'clock Eastern. You'll be able to comment, and we'll be sharing some of those comments. One of the favorite parts that we had during the season is answering your questions. Now you get to be a part of sending your comments and questions to us on Sunday nights. We'll have a topic every week. Uh, this week's topic is going to be the end of season. So the best moment of 2022, the worst moment of 2022, and did we meet your expectations? Plus, the second part of the live show on Sunday, we will be handing out our fourth annual Buckeye Award. So you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, guys, anything else before we head out of here? I got nothing. I I'm just wondering, is the worst moment of 2022 allowed to be the first second of 2023? Just curious. That's a good point. Because it had, I don't know if you watched it, but that ball hit the turf <laughs> right as the ball dropped in Times Square. I, I had them both going at the same time. <laughs> That's rich folks. Uh, me personally... I'm in the Army. We don't get paid all like that. The only ball I saw was... <laughs> We're not going to talk about Aaron and his balls dropping. <laughs> It'll happen for you a day now, bud. <laughs> on that note, this is supposed to be family-friendly on YouTube. <laughs> Make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you like and subscribe to our channel. As always, guys, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen Ohio with all your heart. And for the first time ever in person live, OH! I owe. Go, Bucks. Oh, come, let's sing, oh. Hiyos praise and songs through Amamaterain while our hearts rebounding thrill 
and joy which death alone can still. Summer's heat, oh, winter's cold. The seasons pass, the years will roll. Time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship, oh, how